This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Nona Never football show and podcast brought to you in association with Talk Sport Fan Network. I'm your host, Natalie Bromley, and joining me this week are Rich Steele and George Poole as we look back on that fantastic win away at Luton, our very, very hard-fought win away at Luton, and we look forward to another away game at Millwall. Gentlemen, let's start. Rich, you were at the game at the weekend and I think you summarise it pretty well. Is perhaps our toughest win to date? Elaborate on that. Yeah, just really, real tough game. I thought Luton were very good. Um, they were physical and, and organised and, um, and I mean that in a complimentary way. Yeah, they were direct, but similar to when we was in the Premier League, it wasn't just long ball, there was a method to no. it. Mm. Um I did mention on the last, last podcast, obviously, Carlton Morris has scored a lot of goals for them. I liked Adebayo up front. He's a little bit raw, but he's you know he's very, very physical. And there was times uh, we really had to battle. Um, I know you yeah. said, Natalie, um, our Achilles heel is, is corners and, and, and set pieces at times. And oh, we defended them so well. Um, you know, and as the game went on, slowly but surely, we, you know, we got a foothold in the game in midfield more and more. And yeah, we scored from a penalty. But I just thought that little bit of extra class uh, shone through in the end. and Especially after the draw against Watford, it was a huge three points. And with Sheffield United losing, obviously Middlesbrough won again, which we expected yeah. against QPR. But with Sheffield United losing, and essentially, I won't say a free hit, but um, you know, with a game in hand on Middlesbrough tomorrow, um, you know, our point advantage is very, very healthy indeed. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, George, one of the things that I think helped us cope with the expected physicality of the game was some very clever um, and very good team decisions by Vincent Company. He did bring Jack Cork back in. Uh, Murich was back in the squad as well, as we expected he would be. But he, he opted for Charlie Taylor at centre-half, which I think was, was really important. And he also kept faith with Ashley Barnes up front. And the, the physicality, I think, particularly of... Charlie Taylor and Ashley Barnes really helped us, I think, cope with that demanding game. Yeah, totally. I think I think we all know what sort of form Ashley Barnes has been in of late. He's just been fantastic, both on the ball and off the ball. You know, he's really bought into the company system of pressing from the front, getting involved. And he, he offers, 
in games like the looting game, he offers that touch of physicality that we could maybe lack if, if we say started just Teller up front on his own. Um, so Barnes is a, re- a really important uh, part part of the team. But you go from back to front, Charlie Taylor, who's come in for some criticisms at time this season, not like nastily, but just perhaps like people thinking maybe it's time for him yeah. to move on. He doesn't yeah. quite fit Charlie. Uh, doesn't quite fit Vincent Company's system. But to be fair, when he's called upon. Uh, and it's centre back as well. You know, it's it's a, not a position he's played before this season. He's a left back uh, by birth, <laughs> so to speak. Uh, he's done he's done really well at centre back this season, and he showed once again at Luton at the weekend why he's still a really important member of this squad. And he's he's played in a lot of games this season where he's needed to step up in the absence of one of our starting centre backs, and he's done the job. And once again at Luton, he did that and. It's going to be important between now and the end of the season for the squad players to come in because, you know, I think there will come a time where perhaps one or two players aren't playing too well, um, especially as promotion gets sealed. You know, it, it's going to be a case of rotating that squad as the season gets longer. So when players like Taylor and Barnes come in and do well, it, it's it's fantastic. And we know what to expect from Jack Cork. He's just a ever, ever, ever professional, fantastic in midfield. And you saw his celebrations after full time. Uh, I think his dad, Alan Cork, tweeted about it just so much passion about him, so he's a joy to watch. Yeah, definitely. Um, Rich, you were particularly impressed and wanted to give shout out to Murich. You thought he, um, you know, it would have been it would have been a hard knock on his confidence to get dropped and, and to keep BPF um, in the squad. Um, when a keeper makes a mistake like like the one he made against Watford, you've just got to give you've got to give them a chance to redeem themselves. And you were particularly impressed with his with his performance both professionally and skillfully yeah like I think I said on the last pod uh, pod I I did after the Watford game I seen some absolute hyperbolic nonsense spouted about him um, after he's been really really good recently you know when the lad wasn't well he was clearly not well people coming up with conspiracy theories like company you know he brought him off tactically which I thought was a load of nonsense no I agree yeah he was just gone back to like really really solid he didn't have loads of saves to make he made a really good save in the first half he come he's coming out for crosses was really good I think his decision making on the ball was excellent I I think we went long um, more so than we have done recently that was a combination of factors I thought Luton's press was very very good against us tight pitch a bit more of a bobbly pitch meant he wasn't as easy to play through midfield and Teller played more of a central role, so he was trying to hit that ball to Barnes and Teller went off it. Didn't quite work like quite work like like that, but that shows how much Murich has grown into the role and how his game management and his game understanding and has got better in different scenarios. And yeah, for me, there was no doubt that he was going to start at the weekend. And do you know what? Peacock Fowl's a good goalie. He's a very good goalkeeper. I think he's done really well us this season he's probably too good to be sitting on the on a bench of a championship that's side. a really good point actually if um if i'm being honest um but yeah Murich was superb and people who went to luton can relate to this the announcer had some interesting choice of pronunciations of some of our players really um, matton was like johan matton or something and no. <laughs> yeah he, he definitely didn't do his research my and the favorite one was bailey peacock pharrell so I thought that was quite an interesting one. Just a little does insight he, into the does game. Does he there. listen to the None and Ever podcast? Because you remember at the beginning, Probably. I kept calling him Frel Williams because I kept getting yeah. it wrong. <laughs> I'm not even going to try to pronounce how he pronounced Kalmar Ekdal's name, but it definitely wasn't him. 
Excellent. That makes me feel really better because, as, as regular listeners know, I, I'm terrible at pronunciation. I can't even say the word pronunciation. I'm terrible, terrible at pronouncing names. So I, I do have some sympathy for when people get it disastrously wrong. Um, George, um, fortunate where we're in the end to get the penalty. I mean, it's difficult because if you can see the penalty, that's your own silly fault. You know, penalties are as, as valid a way of winning a game as, as any, you know, goal from open play or a set piece. But do you think we deserve to win or do you think it was maybe a little bit harsh on Luton? Or do we care, actually? Well, that's the big question. Do we care? Uh, <laughs> no, no, we do no, 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 we don't. But, but in terms of, you know, and, and analysing the game as we uh, so often do here on the Northern Ever podcast, um, I'd say we deserve oh, to win the game, to be honest. I, I, I think I think class really came through towards the last half an hour of the game. You could tell we were knocking on the door. I think it's it's been the case time and time again this season where even Vincent Company actually uh, referred to it in his post-match interview where he said, this game was always going to be about the second half. We knew the first half was going to be a tough, tough battle. And it was a case of holding our own, putting our own footprint on the game. And we tired Luton out as we've tired out many teams yeah. this season. Uh, I, I think that really came to, to light in the second half. And Vitinho, I thought, was excellent. He was really a menace for that Luton defence. And it just showed for the for the, uh, for the penalty in the end. I think it was a handball, as unfortunate as it is for the defender. It's a handball. And I think I saw the tweets, nine penalties taken for Burnley and nine goals scored for Ashley Barnes. So uh, he's, he's the man you want over that spot kick. And it's I was delighted to see him score because he's played so well since yeah. the Blackman game, but without the reward of a goal. So hope, hopefully that can kick him on, you know, to carry on these good performances. And I, yeah, I think we just about deserved a win in the end. It was a, a really important three points. Yeah, it really was. Uh, Rich, one final thing I want to come on to you before before we go ahead and look at the Millwall game. Um, the red card, um, I it's something that I've been pushing for for a long time. So I'd be interested to see whether you think that this was, yeah, it's right, or whether it was a little bit pedantic. Um, the Luton defender got booked for the, the free kick in the first place. Was it the, did he get booked for the free kick or did he get booked? No. I think he got booked for double descent as far yeah, as I'm that's, aware. Yeah, that's what I thought it was. So I was just double checking that. So he but, gets booked for mouthing off at the referee and then will not keep his mouth shut and then gets booked again and gets gets <coughs> a red card. Now, I've been calling, and in fact, in terms of strengths of the referees in this division, we've been calling for them to take more of a greater control over games. They're quite weak mm. in terms of asserting any authority over these players. But I see it all the time. We see it all the time when players are mouthing off and they won't shut up once they've been booked because they know that referees won't book them a second time. So where do you stand on that? Obviously, with your sports head on, Rich. It's very, very hard to judge because I only real and I think a lot of people only realised it was sent off when you actually counted the Luton players up and you thought, oh, he's gone off because you're celebrating the goal and, and whatnot. And by the time you kind of calm down a little bit, um, you realise that they've not got 10 men off. It all so it's it, it all depends on what he said. You've got to remember as well. This is Championship football with a lot at stake. Luton are going mm. for promotion too. If he's obviously been very aggressive and swore directly at the referee, and you know, and then he thinks it's different. But he's just if he's just if he's being aggressive, but just really asking him why, then I don't think it should be a sending off. Okay, um, I get that. But 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 again, like it's 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 hard to judge because you don't exactly know what he said. I can understand why a penalty was given. I could also understand Luton's point of view because he was very close to the Burnley player. And I think, yeah, ultimately, from watching the Premier League, I'm not actually not sure what handball is anyway. Um, 
I disagree with George a little bit from being on the ground. I, I don't. I agree that class did come through a little bit in the end. But if I was a Luton fan, I'd feel very aggrieved that we lost that game because I thought they did a, okay. enough at least to get a draw. You know, with because like really we we didn't have many spells where he's on top, and I thought a draw would have been a fair result. So to summarize my answer, it all depends on what he said. If he's been yeah, to he's directly he's very very aggressive then yeah he'd like to go but overall considering like how physical the game was compared to how the referee was at Watford where he was blowing up for fouls left right and centre it was a much better contest uh, to watch for me and yeah. like I said on the podcast I didn't enjoy the game on Tuesday no, not no, because we that. didn't win just because of our stop start it was and everything but yeah I actually really enjoyed the game on Tuesday I thought it was a bit of a um, Saturday sorry thought it was a little bit of a throwback and I loved how we battled and got the three points that way I don't know George is going to come in now, so he's been dying. To no, come I was. In. I was actually. It was actually a positive, positive one, Rich. I was just going to ask because I, I couldn't go to the game on Saturday. I couldn't get a ticket. Never been to Luton, and unless they come up, not going to go there anytime soon. So I was just going to ask how the how the ground was because I've seen some people loving it on Twitter and some people mourning about it. But I'm I'm in the camp. I'd have loved to have been there in that way, it, and it looked looked fantastic. What I would say is. <laughs> I, I said, obviously, you know, about these uh, Lego stadiums sometimes having a lack of soul, but it, it it was almost bordering on too old-fashioned. Oh, really? Like, in, in a way, and there was, like, nothing around the... Like, I couldn't even know a pub that you could go in or anything, you know, to really enjoy that, enjoy the atmosphere, enjoy the daylight. It's literally, you parked about a mile from the ground because there was no parking. You just walked to the stadium, and it was almost dangerous were the I'm being really boring here because like the the gaps between the seats in front of you there was hardly any gaps and there was like a ledge and then it went down so like when we oh, celebrated wow. I didn't up like I kind of had to like keep myself in so far if I go away I could like actually hurt myself so it was I like did the last yeah. time, yeah, I, I'd been arguing with Mr. Bromley this weekend because I'm absolutely sure that we've been to Luton when I saw the pictures and, and, and the. I would remember it. Yeah, definitely. And it's just like the little um, areas down underneath at the concourse that are almost like in between. They're like, almost like in a giddle between yeah. and in a garden. It's very un. Yeah. Yeah, but it's I did very the same un- thing. Un- I... Unusual. I'd celebrated a, a goal and fell like through one of those things, and I, I like my leg was black. I'm going to go back to Mr. Bromley. I think he's wrong. He thinks we were and at it, Charlton. I think it's Luton. Like I was on the back row, and I have issues with my knees and stuff. Like I've had a yeah. couple of surgeries, and even said to the steward for the penalty, like, "Listen, do you not mind if I just stand here? I've got a bad knee, so I don't go fall." And, and he didn't let me, and I thought that was like just little. And I get it if you let one person, you let everyone and stuff like that, but. For me, George, it, it was great, you know, and, and it is interesting, you know, especially like you'll go up to the Prem and most of the stadiums will be like shining stuff, but it was it was a little bit too old fashioned. A little bit too <laughs> old fashioned, if I'm being honest, yeah. Okay. But well, people gonna, disagree. Gonna, they do. I'm, I'm gonna leave that uh analysis of the losing game with 90-year-old Richard Steele, who has uh, come out of his Zimmer frame to join us on the Known and Never podcast this week. And we're gonna look ahead to our next game. We've got to love the championship because what happens in the championship is the games come through thick and fast. It is Tuesday night, 
Millwall away, 7.45 kickoff. Not live on TV anywhere that I'm aware of, but uh, we are still going to choose in our game. So it's another chance to get another three points towards the Premier League on that mighty march. Now, before we have a look at that Millwall game, we, of course, need a quiz question. Now, we didn't actually give you a quiz question last time, but we wanted to hear your predictions. Uh, you still have until Tuesday evening's match kicks off to let us know how many league doubles Burnley will achieve this season. We've already managed three, Coventry, Norwich and Swansea, and we could potentially accumulate a further 10. So the answer will be somewhere between 3 and 13. Please email us at previousshowatnoneandever.net or reply to us on our social media channels through Twitter, Facebook or YouTube and let us know what you think. We're going to kick off our Millwall preview by handing you over to Dave Statman-Roberts, our resident statistician in our preview show studio, who's going to start off with Championship Head to Head. The current campaign is the 30th that Burnley have faced Millwall in the league. The teams have never played together in the top flight and there have been eight seasons in the third tier, meaning that the other 22 have been in the second tier. Our previous 21 away matches against the Lions at this level have produced an unusually high proportion of draws, as we're about to discover. After losing on our first three visits in the early 1930s, Burnley picked up a couple of points for draws later in that decade. In December 1933, the match was goalless, and then in October 1938, Ron Hornby scored Burnley's equaliser in a 1-1 draw. Our first post-war visit was in June of 1947. The season had to be extended due to the severe winter weather, but Burnley had already sealed promotion by the time they played out another 1-1 draw, helped by a second-half equaliser from Billy Morris. The next time the two teams met in the second tier was in the early 1970s, and once more the matches in December 1971 and October 1972 finished as 1-1 draws. Alan West was Burnley's goalscorer in the first, while a Paul Fletcher equaliser sealed the point in the other. After a three-year stint in the top flight, Burnley returned to the second division in 1976-77 and towards the end of that campaign, in mid-May 1977, Burnley lost 2-0 at the original incarnation of the Den. The following season saw Burnley pick up another point in a 1-1 draw in February 1978, thanks to a Peter Noble penalty, and it wasn't until September 1978 that the Clarets picked up their first away win against Millwall at this level. Paul Fletcher and Peter Noble were the goalscorers in a 2-0 win. And then in September 1994, on our first visit to play at the New Den, Burnley chalked up another victory, helped by a Mark Winstanley brace and another from Liam Robinson in a 3-2 win. The Clarets made it a hat-trick of away wins at this level in August 2001. The two Moors, Ian and Allen, scored the goals, and future Claret Stephen Reid was sent off late in the game for the home side. We failed to win on any of our next five visits to the New Den between 2003 and 2010, losing twice and drawing on three occasions. But since then, we've had the upper hand, winning twice and drawing once on our last three visits in the Championship. Jay Rodriguez scored the only goal in a 1-0 Burnley win in October 2011, and you'll hear about the other win from the 2012-13 season in more detail very soon in our Memory Match feature. The last time we visited the New Den in the Championship was in November of 2013 and was another draw as Sam Vokes and a Shane Lowry own goal helped Burnley to come back from 2-0 down to earn a point in a 2-2 draw. 
So Burnley's overall away record in second tier matches at Millwall is played 21, won 5, drawn 10 and lost 6, with 21 goals for and 24 against. Okay, our most loved feature for the second half of this season is, of course, our celebrity fans. We have a look at the celebrity fan base of all of our opposition the second half of the season, and we give them a rating out of 10. Now, before we kick off with Dave's list, uh, George Rich, did either of you know any famous Millwall fans without looking at the list? Were any Did any crop up at all? Absolutely not. Only the people I've seen on like football's biggest firms. You know, that's 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 that. They're the only lads <laughs> I could think of. That's it. I've a- yeah, I've actually not looked at the list because I've been busy today. But non 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 crop up. I'm sure there's a few Eastenders. Ooh, this does not bode well for poor Millwall's fans. Well, let's kick you off here and let you know what Dave decided we were going to have for our celebrity Millwall fans. Coming in at number one, Danny Baker, the comedy writer, journalist, and DJ. Um, number two, David Hay, the former boxer. At number three, Blake Harrison, the actor. Number four, I can't believe this guy's at number four and not further up the list. Gary Oldman, the actor. Sirius Black is in fact at number four. That deserves to be at the top of the list, Dave. I don't have words. Uh, number five, Simon Hughes, the former deputy leader of the Liberal Democrats. And at number six, Rod Little, the journalist. Now, based on that. Want to give me your scores, please, both of you. Rich, what are you going to give them out of 10 for their celebrity fans? Pretty average, that, wasn't it? Pretty average. But Neil, uh, Neil from in between us, which is a good oh, one. Oh, is he one uh, as well? Blake, uh-huh. Blake Harrison. Uh, but me oh, is that who he is? Oh, okay. I didn't yeah, know. yeah. Me, nothing to me, quite a lot of them. So three out of 10 for me. <gasps> George, come on, rescue it. Can Millwall get more than three out of 10? Well, I think for me, they're definitely getting more than three out of ten because, well, they've got Neil. Oh, Neil. Fantastic actor in the in-between is Blake Harrison. Um, they've got serious Black, for goodness no, sake. Oh, oh, hang on. Hang on. Hang on. We were getting there. We okay, on go the, on, George. Go. We weren't on The Prisoner of Azkaban yet. Uh, so, Gary Oldman. Fantastic. Never heard of serious Black. Oh, my word. Oh, my. Whoa, whoa. Okay. Can we just pause? Grown adults should have watched Harry Potter. Oh, oh what? Okay, and first and foremost, when those books first came out, you were not a grown adult, Richard Steele. You were a child of the same age. You've yeah, never but, read any of the books or watched the like movies. People, it's like people who like wrestling when they get older. When, once, you, once you get to like 11, just leave it at the door, leave the okay. wizards and all that and just the, get on with your life. No, we, we're going to take this offline, listeners, and we're going to have a Harry Potter debate. But all I would say is yeah. they are far from children's books. They are far from children's books. They are absolutely not. Particularly when you get into books. Well, probably from Prisoner of Azkaban going forward. They are... Uh, okay. On that bombshell, let's move away. Oh, 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 yeah. Sorry, George. Come on. Give us your rating. <laughs> yeah. So so just to finish off, um, and also Danny Baker, you know, obviously writer, journalist, uh, comedy. I love the TV show Cradle to the Grave, uh, which is Danny Baker's fingerprints all over it. So I'm going to give them a solid... Five out of ten because I think they've got a few good, a couple of good actors in there. And David here, David here was decent in his uh, in his hair day. So yeah, five out of ten. 
Okay, I'm going to moderate this and I'm going to agree with George just because they have got serious black in there. I am also going to um I'm going to give him a five out of ten as well. So there you go, Millwall fans. We rate you five out of ten for your celebrity fans. Um this week we do have um a memory match for uh, sorry, an opposition view. We're gonna to come to that in a moment. Before we get to that point, we're gonna hand straight back to Dave Roberts again in the preview studio, who's going to give us the memory match. For this week's memory match, we're taking you back to Saturday the 19th of January 2013. We were still in the very early stages of Sean Dyche's time as Burnley manager and Kenny Jackett was in charge of the home team. Burnley's starting eleven was Lee Grant, Danny Lafferty, David Edgar, Jason Shackle, Kieran Trippier, Junior Stanislas, Chris McCann, Dean Marnie, Ross Wallace, with an embryonic strike partnership of Danny Ings and Sam Boakes leading the line. 579 Clarets fans made the trip to the capital for the 3pm kick-off on what was a chilly Saturday afternoon. Burnley took the lead in the 19th minute when junior Stanislas intercepted a pass from James Henry and set up Sam Vokes, whose shot went between David Ford's legs. And Sam Vokes provided the assist for the second when he headed Kieran Trippier's cross on and Danny Ings finished with a close-range header just before the hour mark. That was the way it stayed, and the Vings double act enabled Burnley to record a third consecutive win. After the match, Burnley boss Sean Dyke said, I want us to win as many games as possible, and who knows where that can take us. That's the challenge, quite simply. We're in the hunt right now, but we can only take it one game at a time. It was a very good performance against Millwall, and a very good win for many different reasons. We leapfrogged our hosts with that victory and climbed to 7th place just outside the playoff positions. However, as we know, we weren't able to keep the momentum going and eventually finish the season in 11th. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And as promised, that opposition view is from a Millwall podcast like no other. Here's what they thought ahead of the game. Mickey from that Millwall podcast. How do you feel your season's gone overall? I think we started very slowly. Um, I think a few things got forced onto the management and we changed injuries, forced us to change from a back five to a back four. And since doing so, the players look a lot more ease. And since playing that way, um, we've not been letting as many goals in. 
uh, and we've pretty much become quite um, hard to play against uh, at Millwall, uh, you know, at the Den. Um, we conceded nine goals all season at home, um, which I think is the least of of any team in the league, um, which just really cements how good uh, we are at home with a home crowd. Um, and it's just pretty much making it into a fortress. Do you think we'll be able to maintain our playoff position? I think the whole championship this season is very, very open. Um, from, you know, bottom of the table to middle of the table, from, you know, pretty much middle of the table um, to all the playoff positions. Um, I do think Sheffield United are potentially going to slip up. I also think possibly Burnley's going to have a few, you know, ups and downs. I think they're far too far away to possibly throw it away and finish outside. But, you know, I still think, um, you know, at least second place potentially is still open. Um, and, yeah, I think we will. I think we will possibly, as long as we keep up the form we have... Uh, and ground games out and keep our home form advantage and just hopefully change a bit more onto the away form as well to get a bit of that, then, yeah, I think we would be. I think we will be able to keep our playoff position um, and go from there. So, yeah, I think we, we will be able to do it. How do I think we're going to approach Tuesday night? Um, I think we're just going to come at you. I think uh, you've had some recent games where it does show with Watford that if if you take it to you, um, you're not that comfortable and you do look beatable. Um, you are dangerous, don't get me wrong. You've got a lot of players who can score and a lot of players who can do things. You are very dangerous. But I think that as long as we don't sit back off you and give you you know chance to play... Um, then I think it'll be game on. The game on Saturday against Sheffield United was a great, you know, game for the neutrals. It was a great game for both sets of fans. Uh, it was a solid game of football. So if we can approach it in the same manner as we did that, um, yeah, I think I, I think we can uh, we could possibly give you a game. Listen, we all wanted, you know, we were all expecting two points from these two games the fact that we've got three already and uh, and we've got you your game's pretty much now sort of turning to to the fans at least and nothing game to a degree um, so you know a draw works for us a win would be absolutely fantastic um, but even a loss really we thought we were going to get two points we've already got three so you know it it is one of those, but obviously we do want to win, um, especially at home, and keep up our momentum there. Uh, score prediction. I don't know. I think I'm probably going to go... I think I'm probably going to go 2-0, 2-1. So, yeah, Millwall to score two. Let's, let's, let's put the balls on the line. I'm going to go Millwall to score two, and Burnley to score nothing. Uh, it's going to be a 2-0 win, Millwall. And we're going to progress up the playoffs and uh, and make everybody sit up and understand that actually there might be something about this Millwall team this season.
your referee information for this week's fixture is as follows. James Linnington of Newport on the Isle of Wight will have the whistle at the New Den on Tuesday evening. He only he only has two previous matches in charge of Burnley and they were earlier this season. He was at Huddersfield on the opening weekend as we beat the Terriers 1-0 on the Friday evening and he was also the referee for our match at the Hawthorns at the start of September where West Brom scored in the 956th minute to earn a 1-1 draw. There were no dismissals in either of those games, but he has sent four players off in his 24 matches in all competitions during the current campaign. And he has also shown a total of 98 yellow cards, an average of just four per game. Just over four per game, actually, I think that is. Um, so how are we feeling ahead? I mean, it's, it's very difficult to have these pre-match discussions right now, Rich, because I don't go into any game A, thinking that we're going to lose or B, thinking we're going to do anything other than win. Um, but I think we can probably do a bit of a rinse and repeat from the Luton um, preview for this Millwall one in that we're probably expecting the same thing, a very tough, a very physical and a very hard game. Yeah, it's going to be tough. I, I've watched less, I've, I've watched a little bit more with Luton than they have a Millwall. Maybe they've been on telly a little bit more than Millwall, obviously. Didn't get to see the game on on Saturday where Bradshaw scored a hat-trick. I'm hoping that's you know, I'm probably going to contradict myself here, but I'm hoping that will take a lot of emotional energy out of him, you know, with that high of beating Sheffield United. I think we had it sometimes, didn't we, where we beat one of the top sides in the Premier League and then the next game it'd be hard to repeat that. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm kind of hoping that. But, yeah, it's going to be another tough, tough game. Like I said, with a game in hand, listen, we, we, you know, there's no point saying, oh, we'll take a point because we've only drew one game in 11, haven't we? And we've won, like, 15 out of 17 or whatever it is, you know. It's only Sheffield and Watford in that time we've, you know, in that we've not beat. So, I'm confident that we will get the win. Um, obviously, we are a little bit walking wounded now. I know George said yeah. before about oh, <laughs> towards the promotion run, we've got to manage injuries. Well, we're doing it now. If I'm, you know, I, I don't know if Teller's going to be fit. He said it might only be cramped, but I can't see Teller starting. Probably Zaruri comes back in, and you've got Gunmanson, who it's going to be difficult for him to keep playing the amount of games he has done. Even like Barnes is getting on playing the amount of games, so um, isn't isn't easy keep playing you know, three games in a week. So, yeah, to sum up, I do think we'll win. But again, it'll be very, very tough. Um, be a very tough physical battle again. And, you know, you know what Millwall's going to throw at us. But like I said, I don't know as much about Millwall as Luton. But yeah, I'm still back in Burnley to get the three points. Yeah, it's a really good point, is that, George? It's like we talk about in the running to, to the promotion. There's only 14 games left. It's like the season is nearly over. And we, like we're talking about, I know I put, I put a few posts on social media this week saying like, for goodness sake, can we please now accept that not only are we going to get promoted, but we're going to, to win the league. People are saying, oh, it's not over yet. There's still 14 games. Well, we're 11 points clear. And out of those 14 games, like two teams have got to win six and we lose six on the bounce. And then they've got to better us. There's only there's only 14 games. There's only seven or eight after that. It's We're running out of games. This is the business end of the season. It's true, but in some Don't ways... Don't give me no but nonsense. Come on. Be positive. In some ways, it's a shame that Sheffield United to for me because I liked the pressure they were putting on us and I think that that would have really kept us kept us like really pushy because I want I want this team not just to be another really good championship team that won promotion and we can just throw oh parachutes FC rubbish at us. I want this team to be historic. I want this team to be record breaking, not just record equaling. I want us to go and get 107 points at least. 
So I really, I really want the pressure to be on this team. I don't want us to just think, oh, promotion's settled. We only need to win five games or whatnot. I want us to go and get 107 points at the end of this season uh, and beat the championship record set by Reading. And I think that's the way company will be talking to the players, not in terms of exactly this is the amount of points we'll get, but every game we go to win. So, yeah, I think there'll be a, a focus, a determination from us on Tuesday. It's not a free hit, a free hit in terms of the team. I think it'll be uh, a really tough game. I know Rich has said, uh, mentioned their result against Sheffield United at, at the weekend. I've got um, just a tweet up here. It's about Millwall. They've won three in the last five championship fixtures. Uh, they're now 10 championship games unbeaten at the Den and they've got the best home defence in the league this term. So, There'll be a tough, there'll be a, it'll be a tough place to go, no doubt about it. But I'm really looking forward to seeing us uh, again in the capital and seeing if we can produce another good performance within the the space of four days. Um, hoping for a win, but I guess we'll have to see. They'll be tough to break down. Yeah, definitely. Um, assuming Teller doesn't make it back, then who do you who do you play up from? Yeah, so I think I think we'll go with the uh, Teller. Um, if with, Teller isn't sorry, fit, sorry. yeah, <laughs> you put you put him in my mind. Then it's been a long day. <laughs> I think we'll have I think we'll have Barnes up top, um, just because it doesn't look like Gerard's uh, back yet. So Barnes up top's the natural option. Uh, we've come and sit on one wing. Zorri on another, who obviously had a bit of a rest at Luton. So Zorri back in on one wing, and then Brownell in behind, who's just having a fantastic season. So I think there'll be enough there. But I think one player we have really missed in the last uh, couple of weeks is is Manuel Benson. Benson I just yeah. think that that bit of dynamism that he offers and takes attention away from Zorori, I just think we've missed that. So I'm really looking forward to whenever he gets back fit. Good. Score prediction then, please, Rich. I'm going to go for what I said at Luton. I know lightning strikes twice where I said it'll be nil-nil at half-time and we'll get a 1-0 win with 20, 25 minutes left where again, they kind of like worm him, worm him down a little bit. So I'm going to go for the same score prediction. Okay. George? Yeah, I'm going to go for 1-0 as well. Really looking forward to this one. Missing out on Luton. So running all, all day Michael Fassbender tomorrow. So I'm really looking forward to it. I think it'll be a tough game. Really tough game. But I think we'll just have enough in the second half to, to nab a goal. And you know what? I'm backing Ashley Barnes to make it two in a week. Lovely. Um, it's a clean sweep then from us bankers this week. It was also 1-0. Um, I think very, very similar to these guys. I think it'll be a tight game, but we will have the edge. So your Bromers Bankers is going to be 1-0. If you do decide to have a flutter um, on Bromers Bankers, which I know some of you do, please do gamble responsibly. And please use free bets where you can, because I very rarely get these right. Um... Quick stat of the week for you before we head away from this. Statman Dave has given us his um, exciting bonus stat of the week to read out to you all. He's decided not to pre-record this because he's being lazy at the moment. I think I need to have a word with Dave in his overtime. He's cutting down the about with pre-records. Um, here's your stat of the week. Um, when Ashley Barnes slotted in from the penalty spot to seal the win and the three points at Kenilworth Road on Saturday, it also marked a club milestone. It was the 500th goal which Burnley have scored from a penalty in all competitions. 436 were in the league, 32 were in the FA Cup, 23 in the League Cup, three in the League Trophy, one in the playoffs and two in European competitions. One it was also in the Texaco Cup, goodness knows when that was, and two in the Anglo-Scottish Cup. What on earth? Um, Ashley Barnes himself has 100% penalty record for the Clarets, scoring all nine of the penalties he has taken since joining the club in January 2014. 
Um, we're probably not going to be able to give you a FPL update this week. So I think Adam's probably in the middle of game week 24 as we speak. Um, so I'm, I suspect there's probably not going to be one there, but I'm going to leave a little marker here. Um, if, if Adam does send something through, then producer Matt can slot it in and, and make me sound as slick and professional as ever. Hi, Adam here with your game week 24 no near never FPL update, starting with your team of the week lining up in a 4-5-1 formation and would have scored you 128 points last week. In goal, Leno from Fulham with a clean sheet, two save points and three bonus points in um, their very, very good 1-0 away victory at Brighton. In defence, two Spurs players who were at the uh, top end of the pitch for a change, combining for Spurs' first goal in the 2-0 win against West Ham. Ben Davis with the uh, assist and Emerson Real with the goal and three bonus points. And then off to Merseyside to complete the rest of the defence. Seamus Coleman got a win, a winner for Sean Dyche's Everton in their massive game against Leeds, uh, and also got the three bonus points, making him the top-scoring player of the week, uh, alongside Emerson Real and uh, Rashford uh, with 15 points. And completing the back four, is Trent Alexander-Arnold back on form? And with a double game week looming, is it time to get Trent back into your team? He got an assist and three bonus points in Liverpool's 2-0 win over Newcastle, which saw Nick Pope red-carded, and which means he will miss this weekend's Carabao Cup final. Into midfield, I've already mentioned Rashford, continued his fine run of form with two goals and two bonus points in United's 3-0 win over Leicester. Setting him up for one of the goals was Bruno Fernandes, who got another assist in that game and all three bonus points. Um, and then down to Southampton and James Ward-Prowse got a goal, three bonus points in their shock 1-0 victory at Chelsea. Graham Potter under pressure. Uh, and also with a goal and three bonus points, Bernardo Silva. Uh, in City's disappointing one-all draw against Forest, And completing the midfield, Eze from Crystal Palace came off the bench to score and get all three bonus points in Palace's one-all draw away at Brentford, which saw Brentford get a last-minute equaliser. Up front, um, fairly surprisingly, in a game at the City ground, if you'd have said one of the strikers... Uh, would have been in the team of the week in the Forest versus City game. It would not have been Chris Wood, but he did open his Forest account um, with a goal and three bonus points in that great draw they had at home to City. Now onto the known never league tables. Just a quick rundown of the top five. Uh, close again at the top. Um, Alice Flanagan in fifth place, 1,550 points. Dan Daniel Shepherd in fourth, 1,552 Tom Deenan in third, 1,555. And the only move in the top five is our top two positions swapping. So long-time leader Brad Banks has dropped into second on 1,565 points. And now leading the way, new person to catch at the top is Alex Maxwell. 10-point lead, 1,575 points. Well done, Alex. And just on to our known and ever February Manager of the Month award. Um, in fifth place, there's only one game week left in this, so all to play for at the top. Um, fifth place, Lewis Potter on 247 points. Fourth, Oscar Hoare 
with 249 points. Third, my mate from Tomard and Dan Main, 253 points. Second, Jamie Fletcher, 254 points. And leading the way, Jack Burton on his way to a no-name of a sticker if he carries on, 262 points. Um, a lot can change this weekend, though, as I've mentioned previously. Manchester United, Newcastle, Brentford and Brighton all blanking game with 25. And Arsenal, Liverpool, Wolves and Everton all have two fixtures. Uh, so there should be some good transfers you can make this week when you're looking at your team. The deadline is a Friday one, so don't be caught out by that. Friday the 24th of February, 6.30pm. And wishing you all green arrows for blank and double game week 25. Up the Clarets. But if not, I'm going to leave you with this week's quiz question, which is as follows. To our knowledge, only two Burnley players have been sent off in past matches played at Millwall in all competitions. But can you name both the Clarets players who were dismissed in the Lions' den? I love the fact that now, since he's been caught out a couple of times, Dave started caveating his quiz of the week to the best of his knowledge. Uh, we know your game, Dave. Um, you know how you can get in touch, listeners. You can tweet us at known and ever. You can put a comment on our Facebook page or you can email us at previewshow at knownandever.net. That is all we have time for for this week's preview show. Um, again, games are coming thick and fast. We've got Huddersfield at home on Saturday. So we will try and get something to you, probably a joint podcast um, looking at that Millwall result and looking forward to the Huddersfield game probably Thursday or Friday of this week. Um, so please keep an eye on social media and we will put an alert on there. Do subscribe where you can. Uh, those of you who are watching this episode on YouTube, please do subscribe and leave a comment. Um, and those of you listening on um, podcast, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It does help with numbers and helps us keep it going. I've been Natalie Bromley. This has been the No Nay Never football show and podcast brought to you by the No Nay Never. No, not the No Nay Never. Sorry. Brought to you in association with the TalkSport Fan Network. Too many words, listeners, too many words. I've been Natalie Bromley. Until next time. The Known and Ever podcast is brought to you in association with the TalkSport Fan Network. Natalie Bromley is the host and editor, and the show is produced by Matt Moss. Our resident statistician is Dave Roberts, and our FPL expert is Adam Dennett. The analysis show team is collectively Tom Whitaker, Richard Steele, George Poole, Charlotte Rigby, Adam Dennett, and Robbie Kopak. Our music is provided by George Gaskill and our newsletter team is headed up by Jamie Smith. If you don't already, you can subscribe to our newsletter by visiting nonadnever.substack.com. Our thanks as ever go to our partners TalkSport. We are as ever proud to be part of the TalkSport fan network. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.